stand and join me for the call to worship. Come and worship God, who is sovereign over all nations, who loves the whole world. God, who knows each person by name and who is faithful to the generations. Let every knee bow and every tongue praise to God. Come and worship God, who in Jesus Christ brings forgiveness and reconciliation to the world, breaking down the barriers and hostilities between people and nations, who calls us to a table set before us in the midst of the world. Let the people come from the north and south, the east and west, to sing a new song to God, to join around the table and together seek God's shalom. Come and worship God who is present in the midst of all God's people, empowering, guiding, and sustaining us by the Spirit as we seek to follow the way of reconciliation and peace. Come, Holy Spirit, nourish us by word and sacrament that we may one with our sisters and brothers and Maybe seated. Let me welcome you to Southside Baptist Church on this Sunday morning. It's uh, the first Sunday in October, but it's also a Sunday that is celebrated around the world as World Communion Sunday. Today, as will be explained to you a little bit uh, further, a little bit later, we'll 
explain all the details of what is going on today, but you may have come thinking, well, this is a Sunday that we all have a short service and we exit and I can come and spend 20 minutes at our, in our sanctuary and then I can either follow everyone over to the Methodist church for communion or not. So we're glad that you're here and we will be here for uh, our entire worship hour today as we celebrate not only World Communion Sunday, but most importantly, that which World Communion Sunday is all about, the one true and living God, whom we know through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We want to welcome all of you here, those who are guests and members alike, and if you would take time to fill in the registration book there at the end of each row and just let us know that you're here, but also there might be information you would like to share with us about who you are, how um, your address, your change of address or email, anything that would help us know you a little bit better. Southside Baptist Church is here in the heart of Five Point South. We have as our mission building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond, and that means reaching out to all people, welcoming those who come into this place, welcoming each person with the grace of God that we also experienced in our own journey as we, were, as we accepted Christ as our Savior. Today, as we celebrate together and worship, I would ask that you would stand for just a moment and greet those before our invocation, that you would stand and pass the peace of Christ by welcoming those that are close to you with the peace of Christ. As you make your way back, would you join with me in our prayer of invocation? Loving and almighty God, we come into this place with hearts that are moved to be close to you, to be closer to you, to walk with you in our own journey in a way that continues to feed our soul like this. And that enables us to be a part of your kingdom's work wherever we might be. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to gather together, brothers and sisters in Christ. And also on this day to join our hearts, minds, and spirits with those around the world as we celebrate that one tie that binds us all together, even Jesus Christ our Lord. For these things we are thankful. May you receive our worship. And may we worship you in spirit and in truth. Amen.
Our first scripture reading for today is from Isaiah, the 25th chapter, verses 6 through 9. Many of us this week participated, or this weekend, participated in a prayer retreat, and in that retreat, one of those passages that were read as we gave thanks to God for God's goodness, for the abundant ways in which God has blessed us was this particular reading. Isaiah 25, 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will, have, will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best, meat, best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. Here ends our reading this morning. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, and reading verses 15 through 23. In honor of the, the Gospel, the words of Jesus, will you stand for the reading of Scripture? Jesus is in the house of a leader of the Pharisees, eating a meal on the Sabbath day. And we read in verse 15 that one of the dinner guests on hearing said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have just been married, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. The servant said, sir, what you have ordered has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, go out into the roads and the lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. This is the word of the Lord. seated. How's everybody today? Well, 
I hope that you've had a good week. Have you? Learned a lot of things at school? A lot? Enough to teach us everything we need to know? Are you ready to start teaching? Well, some of you already are, I'm sure, in some way. But we're glad you're here today, and we're glad to be able to share together up here. I want to talk to you about what's over here. What do you see out here on the, in front? Abby, what do you see there? What is that? Wine and bread. Well, it, it's a cup. It doesn't have wine in it. It's got something like wine in it. <laughs> but yes, that's what's there. Jack, what do you see out there? A table. A table, yeah, and a basket. Anna, you see anything else that's out there that you think might be important? Um, that's not most of it, but what is it? Is there anything out there? Oh, it's maybe bread inside. I mm -hmm. think. Might be bread inside. Well, you know, today is, as I said, was World Communion Sunday. And so all over the world, and that's a pretty big place, isn't it? You think about where all everyone comes from. All over the world, there are people. And there are people that believe that Jesus is the Christ. They believe in him because he loves them. And today, they're going to celebrate communion just as we would. And that helps us understand that God loves everyone. doesn't matter where they come from. doesn't matter what color their skin is. It doesn't matter how tall they are, how much hair they have or don't have. God loves us all. Look out at all those people out there. See anyone that looks just alike? There's nobody that looks just alike, is there? Do you see anybody? You don't see any? There's none out there just alike. Because, Jack, is God has made every one of us different, right? We're all different. We're all created with something really unique. Because you are gift. You know, those are some nice boots you've been wearing there. <laughs> and a part of that, you like those. Why? Because those are things you like. I don't think it looks too good if I wore those. Do you? No. no. <laughs> well, we're all different. We have different likes and dislikes. But God loves all of us. We're all loved by him. And today when we celebrate communion, we celebrate it because God has shown his love that in Christ we know that he has demonstrated that love. He's shown us. He's not only told us about it, but he's shown us too. So in a little while, anyhow, how are you? <laughs> well, in, a, in just a little bit, we're going to have people that participate in our in a special little part of the program that Dr. Roxburgh is going to tell us about soon. And they're going to bring bread down. Five different people are going to bring bread down that people around the world might need from the various different continents. And we're going to put it there in the basket, and they're going to read something and tell us a symbol, symbolism in this. So when you see people get up and bring the bread down, you'll know why they're, why they're doing that, and then we will also participate in communion, okay? So let's give thanks to God that God loves all of us, that we're special in his sight. Okay, let's have a prayer. Lord, we thank you for each person here and these children that come with their bright eyes and their inquisitive nature, wanting to know and understand all that is around them. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us as we try to guide them and that you would also guide them in the way they should go. May they always know that they're loved by you and may they experience that love through us. In Christ's name, amen. Well, I think, um, Jack, did you want something today? Yeah. You have to let these ladies go first. Okay? You have to let the ladies go first. Anna, there's some fruit snacks. Some fruit snacks. All right, Jack, your turn. <laughs> with your brother. You take one from your granddad. Okay. On this World Communion Sunday, I wanted to focus our prayers of the people for the world in which we live in as well as for ourselves. So I invite you to join me as we pray for our world. 
God of all the earth, we come before you today bringing you to you the needs of this world in which we live, which you have brought into being and sustained by your loving care. We do so trusting that you are the God of different parts where there is trouble at this time, the God of Aleppo, the God of the West Bank, the God of Washington, the God of London, the God of Libya, the God of Yemen, the God of Birmingham. We trust that you are the God of all, the marginalized, the victim, the God of the poor and the suffering, the God of the well and the wealthy, God of the safe and the secure, and those who are worried. We come to you to pray for our whole world, to trust that you are our God and we are your people. And so it is in trust that we, as your people, cry to you that the world is not the way that it should be. Every day we see people diminished and distorted in their humanity. For those living in war zones and being used as weapons in fights that are not their own, their own making. To those who drop bombs upon hospitals. To those who hold civilians hostage. To those who could negotiate peace but whose national interest is better served by war. We pray especially for Syria. We pray for Aleppo where millions sit and wait in fear and without the basic supplies of life. We pray for those who have fled the suffering of their homeland only to encounter suspicion and hostility. We remember how Jesus came and sat and ate with outsiders, with the religious as well as those who were irreligious, who gave and received hospitality and friendship across boundaries of race, gender, and religion. Help us to see, as he did, the image of the divine in each created person. On this day, when we celebrate communion with churches from various theological perspectives, in different nations and countries so unlike our own, offering a picture of diversity of worship style, help us to remember this world which you love and sent your son to reconcile to yourself and us to each other. We pray this morning for those who are sick, families who are struggling through dementia, those who are living with terminal illness. We pray for our friends and our families and for ourselves. Grant us the courage to be the people you call us to be. God of grace, hear and answer our prayers offered in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
our soon-to-be six-year-old granddaughter, Naomi, was very excited yesterday when we FaceTimed with her. It's still a few weeks before her sixth birthday on the 6th of November, but she's already making plans. She sent out the invitations to what is a different kind of party for her this year. She was given various options, but she chose this one, to invite some of her close friends to go for pizza, then to the cinema, and then on the 5th of November to a special fireworks display in Edinburgh. So she sent out her invitations and she's waiting for the responses. Back in 1975, I know a family where a letter was received marked urgent on Her Majesty's service. It was an invitation from Queen Elizabeth II through the offices of the British Prime Minister that the recipient of the letter would be pleased to receive the award of the Order of the British Empire. The offer was given and was waiting to be accepted before the official declaration was made. The Queen does not like anybody publicly to say no to her. Anyway, the offer was of an all-expenses-paid trip down to London, to Buckingham Palace, to taxi fares, hotels, this, that, and the other. Who wouldn't say yes to such an invitation? The invitations that Jesus is speaking about in this particular parable are slightly different. They're an invitation to a feast. Come, for all is prepared. All things are ready. Jesus often went to meals, and he often celebrated the good news of his love for human beings at a party. Perhaps the best known parable for that is the parable later in Luke's gospel where Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son who comes back to the father, a little bit unsure whether the father is going to be happy to see him. And coming back with the tail between his legs, he says, I'm no more longer worthy to be called your son. Make, make me like one of your hired servants. Before he can get these words out of his mouth, the father has welcomed him, embraced him, and sent word to the other members of the household, we're going to throw a party, kill the fatted calf, and bring in as many people as you can. Jesus uses the symbol of a feast, a party, a meal, concerning the way in which God offers us his love, celebrates his grace with each and every one of us. And here this morning, on World Communion Sunday, we celebrate a feast, a gospel feast, a good news feast, the feast that speaks to us of the greatest gift of love in all the world, of the body and blood of our Savior shed for our salvation. And Jesus comes and he says, take the bread, take my body, take the wine, take my blood, receive my grace and my mercy all over again. If you feel that you've failed, come. If you feel that you've put yourself away from me, come, because my love is waiting to receive you. Blessed is the man or woman, says one of the guests at this meal, who will eat at, eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And Jesus seems to agree with him, so he tells a parable about somebody who has made a feast and says, come, for all things are ready. Who would say no to the invitation of Jesus. Well, people do say no for a whole variety of different reasons. And Jesus tells about three excuses here. They're lame excuses. I've bought a piece, a piece of land and I'm now going to see it. I've bought a piece of land and now I'm going to have a look at it. I bought a Nissan Altima and now I'm going to test drive it. I bought five yoke of oxen and now I'm going to see if they're going to do the job for me in the field. Oh, I've just got married. I can't come. Hmm. It's like somebody saying about an invitation a month ahead. I think I've got a funeral on that day. You know? <laughs> They're strange ways of saying no to Jesus. We say no to Jesus for a whole variety of reasons. Sometimes because we don't feel worthy of it. That's a strange reason as well. I preached in a Scottish Baptist church good number of years ago in the northeast of Scotland. Actually, I was, it was my first visit to there to candidate for my second pastorate. So I was, you know, wanting to do everything proper, you know. 
And the, 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 the chair of the deacons had said to me, now we'll have communion this Sunday, but we'll have a, a break in between the main service and a short communion service. Would you go to the door of the church to say bye-bye to those who leave? So I did. There was about 150 people in the congregation that morning, and at least a half of them left after the first part of the service. I thought, what have I said and done that's made so many people leave? They're never going to ask me back. So I asked the chair of the deacons what had happened and said, oh, they don't feel worthy to take communion. You've often said, he heard me say at communion services over the past couple of years, we come to this table not because we must, but because we may. We come to this table not because any goodness of our own gives us a right to be here, but because we stand in need of the grace and the mercy and the love of God. We come because the feast is prepared. We come because of the love of God offered to us. Communion is not granted to people who have a perfect score on their spiritual SAT test. The party, the feast, the banquet is love that is offered to all. Jesus says it's my banquet, my banquet. The parable tells the story, and, and Jesus specifically mentions certain people within the story. He talks about inviting the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. These were the people who wouldn't have been able to go into the temple. Their illness, their disability excluded them. Jesus came into a society where there were exclusions around in terms of religion. We do the same ourselves in different ways, don't we? We forget the rich diversity that God has given to this world. In this World Communion Sunday, we're going to be thinking about different nations that eat different types of bread to the bread that we eat. Five different types of bread will be brought down after my homily to remind us that we're part of a, a world that's bigger than ourselves, a church that's bigger than our congregation. We're part of a world with great diversity. Diversity is God's gift. It's part and parcel of God's good creation. He's created all in His image and His likeness. And to deny that, to treat people differently, to do violence to people, to oppress, to exclude on the basis, well, on any basis of race, gender, religion, sexuality, is not just an affront to Jesus, it's the denial of the good news of God's love when He says, come, for all things are now ready. And yet Jesus was stunning people, friends and followers, by reaching out racially and ethnically to the marginalized in His day, sitting at a well at noon to speak to a woman from Samaria. It was Jesus who welcomed to His table the poor, the religiously unorthodox, the sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. He invited them all to come. It's Jesus who comes to each one of us who at times have felt marginalized, shut out, shunned, and assures us that He loves us. All are welcome here. It's not a table for those who have the correct beliefs about the food. It's not a table for those who have particularly strong, high moral standards. It's certainly not restricted to those who espouse a particular ideology or political philosophy. All are welcome. Republican, Democrat, Green, and Independent, and any other you're going to write in next month. All are welcome. All. And it's a feast for all. The good things of God's love are provided for us. Forgiveness, assurance, provision, the presence of God, the hope of heaven to come. Did you know, I didn't until I read it, that there are 240 different titles people think are given to the Lord Jesus in the Bible. It takes that number to describe how wonderful He is and all He offers to us. If you're hungry, He's the bread of life. If you're thirsty, He's the living water. If you're blind, He's the light of the world. If you're sick, He's the balm of Gilead. If you're dying, He's the resurrection and the life. If you're lost, He's the way. If you're an orphan, He's the everlasting Father. If you need a psychiatrist, He's the wonderful counselor. He's all that you need. He's all that you need. Jesus invites, and He says, come, for everything is now 
ready. It's a strange parable, this, because Jesus has already invited. And now he sends out a kind of second invitation, but it's the Middle Eastern culture we've got to remember here. He's given a general invitation, as somebody would do in a village, and he's he's got some responses, and on the basis of the initial response, he decides what he's going to provide in terms of food and drink. But then he, he provides more than is necessary for those who have initially responded, and he sends out the other second invitation, come for everything is now ready. So here is this feast. It's not Southside Baptist feast. It's not the feast that's been arranged by the pastors, it's the feast that's been offered by Jesus. He offers us bread. He offers us wine. He offers us his love. His offer is unbelievable. It's incredible, especially when we realize that this offer is to you and to me. We come because he loves us. We come because we love the Lord a little and want to love him more. We come to experience the presence of Jesus in bread and in wine and in the promises that he gives to us. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Come, for the feast is ready. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the feast that you have prepared, the feast that is given to us without money and without cost. We thank you that we come, not because we must, but because we may. Grant us the assurance of your love that we may know your presence with us. Through your own name we pray. As a symbol of this feast, as a symbol of the world in which we live in with different nations, different countries, different cultures, different types of food, different types of bread, we have a litany of five loaves, five loaves from diverse cultures, five loaves that represent the bread of life and the church of the body of Christ. So I invite those who have these loaves <laughs> to come and to share and lead us in a litany of the five loaves that you'll find on the insert that you received when you came into church this morning. <coughs> Celebrated during Shabbat meals, Challah bread represents a connectivity that we share with God and in community with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. In the midst of global religious conflict, systemic injustice, and fear of universal change, let us always remember to celebrate our call and intertwined destinies as we live to serve God in word, truth, and deed. The gift of God's love comes without any cost to us. Corn tortillas, a luxury for many people in Latin America, demonstrate our communal privilege, wealth, and inability to be effective leaders in eradicating poverty-stricken communities. We celebrate in communion the hope of those living in a world of scarcity, despair, and hazardous conditions. May the spirit of universal love guide us in recognizing the areas in which we have failed to effectively lead while giving us strength to help empower our neighbors. India, Pakistan, and Afghanistan are all communities that eat nan bread. While the waters of raging storms have surfaced in war, political disagreements, and catastrophic events within these countries, let us remember that we are one body in Christ, 
as we so seek to celebrate these cultures in the enjoyment of this bread, let us also share prayers of collective harmony, cultural understanding, and healing within our communities and throughout the world. Pita bread is an international favorite often used to scoop sauces or dips. Most pita bread is baked in high temperature, causing the flattened rounds of dough to puff up dramatically. Like pita bread, we are often placed in unpleasantly warm and tumultuous situations, causing us not to conduct ourselves with one another in Christian love. As we break bread together, let us reflect upon offering hands of kindness, grace, and mercy toward one another, as was demonstrated through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we are one in community. And is unleavened. Unlike most bread, chapati does not rise, but remains still before being cooked. Let us look to chapati as a symbol of peace, unwavering faith, and stillness in the presence of God. As we are sometimes faced with difficult decisions as followers of the Christian faith, let us remember the gift of communal serenity. Lord, we are one in community and faith. Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said this is my body broken for you and he took the cup and he said and this is the blood of the new covenant shed for many for the forgiveness of sins I invite you to come and share communion if you're a visitor we serve the choir first and then we come down and receive a waiver and dip it in the cup and return to your seat. All are welcome. Come and share the feast.
our hymn of promise, which is a hymn of commitment, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Dr. Kelly will be at the front if you want to use this hymn as a way of responding to God's word to you this morning, perhaps desiring to commit your life to Christ or recommit your life to Christ, join the church or seek baptism, whatever it is, keep yourself near to the cross. Please pray with me. Most gracious Father, we thank you for this glorious day. The beauty of this changing season reminds us that you are God of today, yesterday, and tomorrow, and your grace towards us is unchanging. On this World Communion Day, we rededicate ourselves to that covenant love you demonstrated towards us 
by the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, the bread of life. By this celebration, we acknowledge our unity in fellowship with Christians throughout the world. In show of our gratitude for this covenant love we experience, we come now to give cheerfully back to you a portion of the resources with which you have entrusted to our stewardship. Continue to bless us individually and collectively as a church so that we can continue to bless others less fortunate in circumstances and in spirit in our community and in communities throughout the world. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Loving Almighty God, we bring these tithes and offerings into your house. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will guide us to use them wisely for your kingdom's work in this community and beyond. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll take a seat for just a moment. Stuart Collier. This is Stuart Collier. Many of you know Stuart. He's been worshiping with us for a month, and then on Wednesday night, he's been coming for the study. He comes and um, professes his faith, but he, and 
transfer a letter or membership by letter from a sister church in the city, but when I spoke to him now, he said, I want to come and be involved in the life and work of this church. And so, Stuart, if you look out there, all those people that are now raising their hands, and you are, are pledging that they're going to be here for you too and as we journey together. So we're grateful you're here today. I'll take a seat for just a moment. Today as we conclude worship and go out, there are those things we need to be mindful of and also to um, remind ourselves of during the week. Please take a look at the count of events, but also uh, Dr. Banks needs to say one word about one of our scholars who's been with us. Our Martinson Scholars, uh, Plural Scholars program is designed to create an atmosphere where uh, young people, students may learn about pictorial art, but also to serve in this church. We're grateful for all of these uh, Plural Scholars who work with us. And from time to time, we have to uh, graduate them out or something like that. But then once in a while, uh, a person uh, gets the, the thing about doing what I landed up doing when I was about 18 years old. I, I was first asked to be the director of music for my first church, the Southminster Presbyterian Church in Vestavia. When I was 18, I was a sophomore at Sanford. Um, and so it behooves me in my dotage to uh, uh, encourage uh, our friend Michael Giddens to do the same thing. He will uh, uh, very now become the director of music at the First Presbyterian Church of Alabaster. And we want to say a special thank you and a Godspeed to Michael Giddens. And would you, uh, would you express that in some, some way? You will see him, fortunately, uh, from time to time, uh, coming into the other, uh, into the, the uh, Christmas season, Advent season. Um, he will be back with us for uh, concert. This time as a ringer, uh, so to speak. And um, so we're so grateful for Michael's service here this year, and uh, wish him Godspeed as he goes and serves those folks down in Alabaster. As we go, will you receive the blessing of God? May the blessing of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen.